The Cypher Film Podcast. And welcome to the Cyphora Film Podcast. Um, I am Andy Walker. As some of you may have known, those of you that don't, maybe. And I am joined, as usual, by my son Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello there. How are you? I'm okay. Why was there such a long pause? Why the big pause? Ha 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 ha. Anyway, uh, this week we have two. Uh, what we got? Two science fiction films. Uh, no, two science fiction short films. And uh, no, we haven't. Horror. <laughs> one, yeah, one. Of them, I don't know what. Anyway, we've got two short films and a long film. <laughs> well, let's. We might as well start as we mean to go on. And already lose the bit well for... <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree lose the ability of how to talk i couldn't agree more <laughs> so here we are again all happy and comedian all that kind of stuff so we're going to start off with a short film yes as is our want one one week we might mix it up and do this the, the feature film first just for the fun of it just no maybe not. no because anyway. that would confuse you even more i know uh, well, yeah, we do the first we do the first film and then I end it. <laughs> so yes, okay, short film. The first short film is called Experiment Eighteen. Uh, it's made in twenty twenty two from Hit Start Films, uh, created by Adrian R. 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 Now, I was a bit miffed by this because the cast says Madeline Miller and Arctic Vox. Not quite sure what that means, but there you go. Maybe he's um, related to disco. There you go. Uh, the synopsis says: Weeks after physics student Mark Stevenson has seemingly disappeared, his sister Stephanie visits his apartment to see if she can find any clues as to where he is. Um... Now I was confused by this because of the fact that it said. That it was horror, but I think it's actually more sci-fi. I think it's the one that sits very precariously on the border of both. I think really, it's a precarious border to sit on. Yeah, I think it, I think it's it's got a mixture of both of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the effects weren't bad when she she like finds this portal thing in the table. Mm. It's quite interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, the low, she's lowering the her phone into it. I think it's very yeah. well done. The camera angle's good. powerful. Very well um, There's a good atmosphere to the whole film. Mm. But I kind of felt like something was missing. I, 
I want to know more about what's going on, and it didn't sort of explain it to me, and I, and I don't. I just felt a bit dissatisfied by it. Yeah, I think it's unlike the other films that were like we watched. I think last week we said it was a bit too long. I think this could have been done with a little bit longer and a little bit, maybe a little bit of explanation. Yeah, like because obviously she finds she finds the notes and the rule, but she reads these rule things, but doesn't read anything but the notes that are next to it. It's just like yeah. a little bit of a like sort of an understanding of what. Uh, even if it was just like a quick, quick little run through of what he typed up or whatever, I think could have done it better. Yeah, it did. It did. It did leave me feeling a little bit dissatisfied. Mm. But it's. I mean, it's a good film. It's well made. It is. And all yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, so the effects are really good and, and everything. But yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're planning on doing some kind of follow up to it or or something because it only came out this year. So. Yeah, possibility they might be trying to expand on it or doing a follow up or something. Yeah, it's, 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 it definitely left me sort of wanting to know a bit more about it. I was the, the graphics too was very well done. Yeah, visual yeah. effects were very well done. Well, I know it's meant to be sort of in the dark, but it was very dark. It could have, I think, for me, it could have done with a little bit of lightening up just to sort of give that little bit more of an atmosphere. Like she sees the figure. Whatever it is in the corner, it's very hard to tell. Well, yeah. he's because especially if they, because I know when you put videos on up on YouTube, it comes out a bit darker than what they record them at. So obviously, if they've recorded it and it, it's able to be seen, when you watch it, it's a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just something maybe they need to sort. It, it could do with sort of taking into factor to sort of maybe lighten it up just a little bit. So when you're watching it back, you can actually see what someone's reacting to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's worth a watch, though. It's worth having a look at, because I think that there's... I mean, I haven't seen much stuff from them, so I'm hoping that this is, you know, this, this is an early-on thing, and then there's, there's some good stuff to come from, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, give it, a, give it a check out. Now, we're going to go back in... We're going to go back in time, Liverpool. Um, the second film is called... <laughs> I think it's pronounced Vacuity. I don't know what it means. I'm not sure it's important. Um, <laughs> it, it comes from 2013, and it was a student short film that was made as part of an undergraduate course. Uh, it's uh, written and directed by Michael Metzer. Uh, and as I say, it says it, it said on there, uh, made as part of an undergraduate, undergraduate course, course at the School of Film and Photography in Montana State University. Uh, the cast is Michael Stepp, and the synopsis says, Trapped in a dying space station, airlock, Alan must choose survival to see his family again, or sacrifice to save his crew. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. What do you reckon? Well, I think this is another film for me that was lacking something. I'm not 100% sure what. I don't know whether or not it was just, it was me, maybe because I, I was in a bit of a weird mood when I watched them, but I don't know. It just, it felt like it was missing something for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting idea. Mm. I think that the limited space, being as he was in the airlock, really worked well because <laughs> it made the whole thing more intense. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think it's one of these ones where we've seen before where they, it looks like uh, it could be the end or the middle part of, an, of a bigger movie. And I think that it just kind of missed something because because there wasn't something either side of it or before it you know what i mean it yeah was kind of, but it was, i mean it was well done the, the computer graphics and the voice and that sort of thing are very well done yeah and I've, i i did notice there were quite interesting nods to the original u.s space program uh because all of the crew uh members of the all the crew members have got names of uh other uh, old astronauts and that sort of thing. yeah quite interesting interesting one and the lightning, lighting and camera work, I think, were good. I, mean, I, I it's, it's a good film. I like the film. I like the look of it and the feel of it. But as you yeah. said, I think there was just something, and I think it is because it felt like it should have been part of something bigger. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the, the, the sort of, the actual film, like the whole dilemma that he's in, mm. is very, is, for me personally, like it's not something I would ever want to be involved I have they make that decision either right. making a decision to sort of leave people behind them and trusting you to have the possibility of seeing your family or and, and basically them people to sort of uh, basically survive or not on their own or run the risk of not seeing them and helping the people other people survive possibly getting back and it's just it's one of them things it's all it's a very hard dilemma to do and to and to put across on a film yeah. like that he's acting with the with that whole decision you could see was genuinely sort of for me sort of a, it looked like a genuine emotion to it yeah, yeah. but i'm saying i think it, there needs to be something either either a little bit before or a little bit after just to sort of give it a little bit extra yeah, yeah, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's another one that was a well-made film. I mean, it's two thousand and thirteen. I'd like to know what he's gone on to do. Yeah, if, if he's still in making films, what other films he's made, and uh, you know, it'd be quite interesting to see. Okay, uh, so on to our feature film, which is a nineteen eighty-four science fiction film called Dreamscape. Yes. Uh, now, this is directed by Joseph Rubin, who also directed The Stepfather in 1987 and The Forgotten in 2004. Uh, now, the writers of this, uh, Joseph Rubin co-wrote it, but he hasn't written anything else, really. It was just a thing that he, he co-wrote some of the screenplay. Uh, the two main writers were David Lowry, who did some TV stuff in the 90s, he also was involved in the writing of the screenplay of Star Trek V The Final Frontier, uh, Nurse in 2013, and The Intruder in 2019. Um, Chuck Russell, who was involved in the writing of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors in 1987, the remake of The Blob in 1988, <laughs> uh, the remake of Witchboard, which is in pre-production, and a film called The Seven Sins, Dawn of the Tyrant King, which is in development, apparently. Um, the cast is, uh, let's see, Dennis Quaid. Um, the younger of the Quaid brothers, I think. I think um, did some TV stuff in the 70s and the 2010s. In between that, he was in Jaws 3D in 1983, 
Enemy Mine 1985, Inner Space in 1987, Frequency in the year 2000, The Day After Tomorrow in 2004, um, Battle for Terror, he was a voice, did a voice on that as an animated film, uh, Pandorum in 2009, Legion in 2010, Kin in 2018, The Intruder in 2019, and Strange World in 2022, mm. which I really want to go and see. Looks bizarre. Um, for some reason, he seemed to he seemed to take the whole of the nineties off. Well, what he did in the nineteen nineties, mind you, as I say, as we said before, we are only looking at science fiction. Yeah, he probably did do quite a bit in between other films. Yeah, um, right now uh, we also have Max von Sydow. Very, he, he's been around forever, Max von Sydow. Um, he did some shorts and TV work in the 50s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Now, I don't know if you classed Seventh Seal as being a horror film, really, but he was in that. Uh, that was long ago. Uh, he was in Hour of the Wolf in 1968, The Night Visitor in 1971, The Exorcist 1973, The Ultimate Warrior in 1975, Exorcist 2: The Heretic in 1977, Black Journal in 1977, Death Watch in 1980, Flash Gordon, 1980, Conan the Barbarian, 1982, The Soldier's Tale, in 1984, Dune, in 1984. Um, he, he provided a voice for a character in Ghostbusters 2 in 1989, but he was uncredited. Quite strange. Uh, Needful Things, in 1993, Judge Dredd, 1995, Sleepless, 2001, Minority Report, in 2002, Night of the Living Dorks, in 2004 but he was uncredited for that uh the wolfman 2010 he was only available in the director's cut and was uncredited and star wars episode seven the false awakens in 2015. Yeah. Uh, and we have christopher Plummer, who uh did some shorts and tv stuff in the 50s 70s 80s 90s 2010s he was in the spiral staircase in 1975 star crash in 1978 why um <laughs> empire in venice in 1988 minefield in 1989 star trek 6 the undiscovered country in 1991 wolf in 1994 12 monkeys in 1995 the uh, the clown at midnight uh, i don't know when that was actually might be 90, late 90s. Uh, Dracula 2000. In 2000. Uh, Nine. He did provide the voice for a character in Nine in 2009. And Priest in 2011. Yeah. Uh, then we have Eddie Albert, who did some TV stuff in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was in quite a few of things like the, the Twilight Zone things and that sort of stuff. Um, and he did a film in 1975 called The Devil's Reign, which has to be seen to be believed, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then we have uh, Kate Capshaw, who did some TV stuff in the 1980s and did a film called Space Camp in 1986. It doesn't seem to have done a lot of it. It doesn't seem to have done any other sci-fi or horror stuff apart from that. But she has made mm -hmm. lots of other films. Uh, then we have David Patrick Kelly who did some TV stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2003, 10s. He was in The Crow in 1994. Yeah. Uh, he was in K-Pax in 2001 and VFW in 2019. Uh, we have George Went, 
who is probably best known for being in Cheers. Yeah. Uh, he did some TV stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, <laughs> and 2010s. He was in Jekyll and Hyde Together Again in 1982, House in 1985, Forever Young in 1992, Space Truckers in 1996, VFW in 2019, and Alien Clowns and Geeks, which I think is hasn't come out yet, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, and then we have, that's it. From the, uh, so the synopsis says, a man who can enter and manipulate people's dreams is recruited by a government agency to help cure the President of the United States of his nightmares about nuclear war, but stumbles upon an assassination plot. Yeah. Ah. So, um, I... I... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. it, it's uh, it's not a bad film, but there's a lot about it that kind of doesn't really work. It's almost like this. This it's like somebody's made a like a, a, a TV cop show and they've written sci-fi stuff into it. Yeah. Um. There's some, it's a good idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's, it's a good idea. And there's some really good effects. And there are some that are not great, but they're okay for the time. Um, and the acting's good, but then you'd expect it to be because it's a very, you know, most of the cast are very experienced actors and, and, and actresses. Yeah, so even, even at that time, really, a lot of them were. They've been in a lot of films and TV. Yeah. Um, there's a few bits that kind of weird I, I find quite quite interesting. It's like they they grab him and they take him to this place to, to, to see if they can get him to work for them. They go in, the guy, the security guard says, Sign here, and puts the figure in front of them. Nobody signs in, <laughs> they just go straight through. <laughs> just quite interesting. I just, what I think's funny though is the fact that he it is quite uh, it, it, I that he's meant to be psychic, yeah. Meant to have all these powers, but yet yeah, seems seemed very surprised by everything that's going on. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> he, 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 he can get in people's dreams. I'm not sure if he can just read minds just willy nilly. He has to. Well, really no, but he, he can, from what I gathered by the mainly by his gambling addiction, that he could quite he could give like a few people over of like what what was going to happen and yeah, sort of winning it. So surely he must have been able to see. Yeah, or know probably. something that was going on. I suppose he should really have some had some idea of something. Yeah, it's just um, that I've got to admit though, it was a bit weird watching. Bit weird, bit of a weird feeling for me watching, even though I was a, I was I was a film, but watching him invade the Doctor's dreams. Yeah, and, that was a little bit. I think that would be something that maybe nowadays would be kind of yeah, it's, it's, it would be very frowned upon nowadays. And it's the same like there's a really pointless piece in it where he does this this thing where he goes into this this married guy's dream to find out what his wife's been doing, and he finds her having sex with his brother, and it's kind of like it's mildly amusing but not really funny yeah, no point in being in the in the film at all really apart from to show that he can go into people's dreams and you can already know that so it's just like yeah the point of it 
Really I've got to admit, I did, I did like the, um, part of it where him and uh, when he's in the president's dream and the guy changes into the sort of snake monster. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it was very well done. Very good. But it was, it's like the thing that got me about that was because the other guy was the guy who played the uh, the, the kind of villain of the piece in the, <laughs> the Warriors. Well, yeah. Um, but the thing that got me was the fact that the both of them, if you look at it, and, and um, both of them are kind of uh, egotistical gits, but in a slightly different way from each other. Yeah, well, yeah, they're sort of they're sort of one, one's a bit worse than the other, but neither of them really give off good guy qualities. Yeah, they're not exactly heroes. <laughs> no, like it's obviously no. like it seems like oh. The sort of the guy that's meant to be the hero, really, obviously, like we said, uses his powers for invading this woman's dreams that he likes and yeah. starts putting ideas in her head, basically, and pushing it that way. And the other guy's just a killer. And it's just like, yeah, okay, you both one's worse than the other, but really, you're not really even that well off and more that good. Uh, it's, I mean, this, this really, to, I think this is a. It's a conspiracy theorist's dream film, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah, the, the thing is, a guy in it, the guy, there's a writer in it who is trying to put off about the fact that this is a conspiracy theory thing going on. The thing about it is, it's like sort of everything in it feeds into a conspiracy theory of one type or another. <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got, the government are invading people's dreams, are training people to invade people's dreams. Um, these people can kill people while they're in their dreams. Yeah. Um, one of them's trying to invade the president's dreams to kill him, and the other one's going in to try and save the president. And it's all kind of like, how many conspiracy theories are we going for? It was, but it's not even that. Though. The other one as well was the president wants to de denuclear, uh, sort of get, give up nuclear arms and stuff like that, and there's the whole conspiracy thing of the secret the secret parts of the government that control everything else that's going on. Yeah. They're against it, so they're gonna stop it. I'm like, and I agree with you. Like, how many conspiracy theories do you want to throw in one film? Absolutely. It's it's uh it's just I think I mean don't get me wrong, I th I think it's a good film. It's it's not great, but it's good. It, it's kind of it's an okay watchable film. I think if if you haven't seen it for about sort of 10 years, then it's worth sitting down there and watch again, you know? But it's not something I'd go out of my way to say, oh, yeah, you really got to watch it. Yeah. Um, one thing I can't understand, to be honest, given everything else that's been done, I can't understand why somebody hasn't done a remake of this. Because I think the idea is really good. Well, the thing is, for it is what I... I think the way that it was left off, I think they might have tried aiming for a sequel. Yeah. Because there was the guy that when he invades her dream, oh. the conductor on yeah. the train that they're on, they then see the exact same guy later on on the end of the film on the real train. Yeah. And even they look at each other like, hang on. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the left it open for there. But it's just, yeah, I do agree with you. It's like, it's such a great idea. And, Okay, yeah, you might have to change a few little bits, but it would be so good to see what they could do with it now. Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the sort of effects you could use now and, and things like that, just the, <coughs> the general idea of, of, of 
them invading people's dreams and doing this sort of thing. I mean, yeah, there's been other films about things like things like um, uh, what was it called? Um, the one about the people going into people's dreams. Do you got Inception? Inception, that's the one. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a few other films about people going into people's dreams and something. And Inception was really good. Um, well, but I I really liked Inception, but um, but I you know, I think that this could be really could be remade quite I, easily and quite well. I do like the fact that this is a typical film, uh, sort of at that time where the way to they put across dark and creepy is by making everything a bit of a weird shape. Yeah. They go into the boy's dream and or the boy's nightmare, and they, they, that's where they first find this snake monster, and he sort of helps him with that. The fact that the way to make it look all really creepy is the fact that everything's out of shape and not uh, oddly yeah. walked. I'm like, does that need to be like that? Surely it being scary and thunder and lightning is enough. What I was interested by, though, is the fact that it was it was made into a family friendly enough film by not having any nudity in it. Which yeah. for the mid '80s is quite, yeah, quite good for a sci-fi film. Well, for the, for the '80s, it's good for a film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what we've seen in other films in the '80s. It did. It did at times have a look of a, of a made-for-TV sort of like. It, there were bits that almost looked like they could have been taken out of Starsky and Hutch, or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, the like sort that. of chase around the um, around the horse, the horse yeah. track. See that as well. I think that that guy was so trusting. Right? He's, he's talking <laughs> to someone that screwed him over before. Yeah. Turns around and says, "All right, if you give me the name of six winning horses, I'll let you go and I'll help you out." He goes, "Yeah, all right." He's never going to go back. No. Well, you know. So yeah. just that's a bit of like you're trusting someone really. And, uh, it's just like he, he screwed you over before. Why would you believe him? No matter how much of a trouble he's in or what he could promise you, why? Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But, you know, I mean, okay, as far as films for this time go, it was okay. But, I mean, if I was going to watch a science fiction film with Dennis Quaid in from the mid-80s, I would go for Enemy Mind because it was a much better film. I think I've actually seen that one. Um, I mean, even Inner Space was, was quite good. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's not yeah, great. This... It's okay. Yeah. Um. It's it, it's a nine. Uh, one thing I will say is it's a nineteen eighties uh, science fiction film that we haven't ripped apart and said it's bloody awful. No, there are, it it has its moments. It's not. It's nowhere near up the top one. Yeah? It's not as bad as. As Starship's Invasions. <laughs> Mind you, very little is. No. Um, so, yes, so there we are. We have the two short films, uh, Experiment 18 and uh, vac Vacuity. Vacuity. Vac vacu I don't know how you pronounce it. Vacuity, I think. And then uh, the 1984 film, Dreamscape. Uh, so, yeah, give them a watch. See what you think. If yeah, let us know if you've got any other opinions. Yeah, I mean, if you think that, that we're we're completely talking out of orifices in our body, not normally alone with for verbal communication, then please uh, tell us. It's a very long way of putting it, but yeah. <laughs>
yeah, obviously we know we know that our opinion isn't say isn't the same as everyone else's because if everyone's opinion was the same, then this planet would be very very boring. But please let us know if you think we've missed something about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, if you, if you if you disagree with what we've said, then let us know and tell us why, and uh, we'll probably ignore you. But <laughs> but. We may well mention the fact that you've said that you disagree with us. Yeah, we might mention it. But well, you'd, no, have we'll listen, you'd have we'll to listen into the week after just to make sure. Maybe the week after that, just in case we missed it. Or, or in case there is another glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> we end up with the, uh, the shows being put out in the wrong yeah. order or missed completely or something. It wasn't put out in the wrong order. It was just... <laughs> Well, no, it was put out the wrong. No, way. no. <laughs> I was trying to be nice, but no, it wasn't. It was just put no, out the wrong. There was a screw up, and it was put out the wrong. Yeah. Simple as, as we pointed out before, it was a screw up in our production team. Yeah. <laughs> we blame the production team, whoever they are. Yeah. <laughs> Not the naming of the files or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so there we are. That's that's this that's that's us for this week. Uh, next week, more of the same, only different. <laughs> uh, don't ask me. I've got no idea. We have um, next week. We have um, two actual sci-fi films. Actual uh, sci-fi films instead of the make-believe ones. Yeah, two two short science fiction films and a horror feature film. Uh, then the week after that is going to be all sci-fi. And All the reason time. for that, we have three sci-fi films, and the reason for that is because because we've put this out on a Thursday, yeah. and um, Halloween is on a Monday. It yeah. falls in between two shows, so we're going to do two Halloween specials. Okay. We're going to do the Thursday before Halloween and the Thursday after Halloween. It's going to be just Halloween films. Okay. Two shorts and one long for each one. Wicked. So. Well, we, we say that if they put out in the right order. If they put out in the right order. There'll still be two. Of, two <laughs> you know, it just might be part two before part one. You know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Scott, for being part of the show. That's okay. I'm glad to be part of it. I'm glad you're part of it too. And thank you to anybody and everybody listening, watching, um, feeling in Braille. Um, <laughs> Participating in sign language. Yeah, watching it in semaphore. Um, watching smoke signals over the hill. Smoke and dolphins. Smoke dolphins. And uh, maybe <laughs> reading it in the local message pick. And uh, thank you so much for everything. And uh, we will be back next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> The Cyphora Film Podcast. <laughs>